The United States is involved in a great civil war, and while involved in this great clash, France will undertake to reestablish herself as a colonial power in the Western Hemisphere. This has been the dream of all great French rulers ever since that fateful year of 1763, when the British drove the French from the North American continent as a colonial power. French rulers have tried from time to time, again and again, to reestablish France in the Western Hemisphere. Napoleon Bonaparte tried it in 1800, but he failed. Now, during the 1860s, France undertook to challenge the validity of the Monroe Doctrine. This excursion in history, then, deals with the Monroe Doctrine on trial. The Mexican government has never been too stable, and in order to sustain itself, the Mexican government has, from time to time, borrowed money from European lenders. These European lenders were England, Spain, and, of course, France. In 1861, the Mexican Congress faced financial ruin. Furthermore, the money that they had borrowed from the European powers could not be paid back. So in July of 1861, the Mexican Congress suspended payments on its foreign obligations for two years. The Mexicans were not trying to renege on their debts to the Europeans, just suspend the payments for two years. During that two years, they would try to save up enough money to resume the payment on the debt. Behind the smokescreen of the Civil War, France plotted the method of re-establishing herself as a colonial power. Napoleon III, who was the ruler of France at this time, gave out an anguish cry that French creditors were being bilked out of their money by the Mexicans. He felt that England, France, and Spain should go to Mexico and force the Mexicans to resume payment at once. At length, in October of 1861, England, France, and Spain got together in London and there decided that they would all send armed forces to Mexico and demand that Mexico resume her debt payments to them at once. There in London, the three powers signed the Convention of London. It was a trouble-brewing document which provided for a joint military expedition into Mexico for the purpose of collecting the defaulted debt. After the debt was paid off, the three nations would leave. The Convention of London also contained a self-denying proviso. This provision of the document stated that none of them would attempt to secure for themselves in Mexico any peculiar advantage. This meant that all these European nations were after was their money. Once they had gotten that, they would go home. None of them would try to take over Mexican territory for themselves. So off to Mexico went the European powers. But soon after their landing, the British and Spanish withdrew in disgust from this enterprise. They found out that their military expedition was costing them more than the debt they hoped to collect was worth. So they left. This left the field clear for Napoleon III, and it became very obvious that Napoleon was not planning to collect his debt, but was planning to overthrow the government of Mexico, which was underneath the leadership of Benito Juarez. 
The time for which Napoleon had chosen to launch this bold venture could never have been better planned, for the United States was engaged in a great civil war, and it would be in no position to invoke its Monroe Doctrine on him. Napoleon hoped that the South would win its independence, and in that way, once they had become independent, he would have a strong foothold in Mexico. It is for that reason that France gave so much aid to the South during the Civil War. Napoleon even toyed with the idea of recognizing the Confederacy, in return for which he hoped the Confederacy would give him permission to establish himself in Mexico. When the other nations of Europe, especially England, began to ask Napoleon why he was violating his agreement of the self-denying proviso of the London Convention, Napoleon was hard-pressed for an answer. He told the British that he was not taking any peculiar advantage in Mexico, and that the reason that he had stayed behind in Mexico was not for any selfish interests, but for humanitarian reasons. The reasons his troops were still in Mexico was to help the Mexicans. As a Christian monarch of Europe, he was appalled by the horrid living conditions of the people of Mexico. Furthermore, he felt that it was his duty to bring up the standard of living of these poor people. Well, how does one know that you're not going to take over Mexico for yourself? That was the question that was put next to Napoleon. Napoleon's answer to that was that he was making every effort to find some suitable ruler to help the unfortunate people of Mexico out of this dilemma. The person Napoleon had in mind for the job was Ferdinand Maximilian von Habsburg. He was of noble blood, and his family, the Habsburgs, had ruled Austria for generations. But even if Napoleon III was on the level in getting this young nobleman from Austria to rule the Mexican people, why would any person in his right mind want to give up the luxuries of Vienna and the warm beaches of the Adriatic for what he would find in Mexico? The answer was that Maximilian really didn't want to. He was quite content to stay in Austria. But Maximilian had an ambitious wife named Carlotta. She was the daughter of the King of Belgium and was accustomed to being first. She knew that her husband could never become the ruler of Austria because his older brother, Franz Joseph von Habsburg, had just ascended the Austrian throne. According to the rules of primogeniture, not only would Franz Joseph have to die of some disease suddenly, but so would all of his sons and daughters. Only after that, would Maximilian be in line to ascend the throne of Austria. Carlotta was passionately eager to become an empress. As long as they remained in Austria, there was little chance of this hope ever being satisfied. So she began to work on Maximilian and convinced him that the best thing he could do was to help the people of Mexico, show them how to raise their standard of living. It was noblesse oblige, which means it was the duty and obligation of an honorable and generous person of high rank and nobility to lead and help the less fortunate. So a naive, handsome, fair-haired, extremely likable young man of 31, with taste and a modest intellectual endowment, sailed from Austria into what would be oblivion. 
Maximilian permitted himself to believe that he was wanted and needed by the Mexican people, and in April of 1864, he accepted his gilded throne. Once in Mexico, Maximilian realized what the situation really was. He realized that he was nothing more than a puppet for Napoleon III. He found out that the Mexican people really didn't want him as their ruler. They were satisfied with their old president, Benito Juarez, who had fled to northern Mexico to escape the French bayonets. Despite all this, Maximilian decided that he would try to make a go of it in Mexico. He would try to be a good ruler and show the Mexican people that if they would give him a chance, he would do a fine job. So Maximilian tried. In and about Mexico City, he built hospitals, schools, and orphanages. He did everything in his power to be liked. And in and about Mexico City, the Mexican people began to change their minds about this foreign ruler. Furthermore, since he and his wife were childless in their own marriage, Maximilian adopted a Mexican boy for his son and raised him in the traditions of royalty. The idea behind this was that when Maximilian finally died, the Mexican people would have one of their own kind ruling them. But try as Maximilian would to win the Mexican people over, there were those Mexicans who lived away from Mexico City and did not see all the good that Maximilian was trying to accomplish. They only saw the French troops collecting taxes so that that man sitting on the throne of Mexico could live easy. Meanwhile, how was this situation in Mexico being taken by the people of the United States? Public opinion seemed to veer sharply toward a two-fisted policy. By April of 1864, when Maximilian took over in Mexico City, the American Civil War was heading downhill. Lee had lost at Gettysburg, Vicksburg had fallen, and the South had been cut in two. It was only a matter of time before the Civil War would come to an end. And when it would come to an end, then the United States would do something about this European power meddling in the Western Hemisphere. An official position was taken by the Congress of the United States in April of 1864. The Congress passed the following resolution, which proved rasping to French sensibilities. The resolution said, The Congress of the United States are unwilling by silence to leave the nations of the world under the impression that they are indifferent spectators of the deplorable events now transpiring in the Republic of Mexico. And therefore, the United States does not recognize any government in America under the auspices of any European power. This resolution began to give the French government the shakes. The next blow to the French idea of reestablishing itself as a colonial power in the Western Hemisphere came when the North won the Civil War. Napoleon had bet on the wrong horse to win. His sympathizing with the Confederacy now brought bitterness from the North, and the United States wanted the French out of Mexico. The task of getting the French out of Mexico became the primary objective of Secretary of State William H. Seward. Seward realized that the French were proud and sensitive people. He didn't want war with France, 
But if he drove the French into a corner, a war might break out. So Seward will base his policy in pushing Napoleon out of Mexico gently with one hand while courteously showing him the door with the other. The French government was very uneasy. It had been uneasy ever since General Grant ordered General Sheridan with about 50,000 troops to the Mexican border. Why had the United States done this? The only reason that the French came up with was the fact that the United States was getting ready to use force to get them out of Mexico. While in this jumpy mood, Seward sent General Schofield to France on a um, goodwill visit. This was to show the French that they were worrying needlessly. Once General Schofield got to France, he began to tour different places and ask different questions about French military might. Why? Why should an American general ask questions like this? Asked the French of themselves. Why, this man was no goodwill ambassador. More than likely, he was a Yankee spy. The French nerve ends were frayed, and at this point, Seward played his trump card. Seward next revealed to the French a note of positive hostility. He sent to France a special envoy. The significance of a special envoy is well known in diplomatic circles. The arrival of a special envoy to your country usually means that the situation is critical, and unless this special envoy who is sent to your country is able to work out the naughty problem, if he fails, the next step is war. Naturally, you can understand the anxiety of the French when our special envoy, John Bigelow, arrived in Paris. He presented Seward's preemptory demands, which said that the United States would be gratified to know when the emperor would give to us definite information as to the time when French military operations could be expected to cease in Mexico. This note was stripped of all diplomatic verbiage. These were strong words. After much thought on the matter, Napoleon's reply was that he would withdraw his troops over the next 19 months. This move left Maximilian unprotected in Mexico from Juarez and his followers, the Juaristas. It would mean his certain death. Carlotta made a quick trip to Europe. She tried to get an audience with Napoleon to change his mind, but she could not get an audience. The Austrians could not send troops either, as they were on the verge of having trouble with Italy. So Carlotta went to see the Pope to see if he could do something to save Maximilian. Why didn't Maximilian just flee Mexico? Why didn't he return to Europe? The answer probably was pride. If he returned to Europe, he would become a laughingstock. He would have to admit that he was nothing more than a puppet on Napoleon's strings. This humiliation would be just too great. So Maximilian rejected the idea of well-wishers that he leave while there was still time. So, torn by pride and a sense of duty, he stayed, and as was predicted, he fell into the hands of the waristas and was condemned to death. There were pleas from almost every nation to spare the life of this man who had been duped by the French leader, Napoleon III. 
As American newspapers put it, if anybody deserves to be shot, it is that good-for-nothing Louis Napoleon. He is the chief criminal in this great national crime. Finally, on the 19th of June, 1867, Maximilian Story came to a sad end before a firing squad. It was indeed a sad fate for such a noble man. Carlotta was in Rome with the Pope when the news arrived of her husband's death. At that moment, time ceased to exist for her also, for she was to become mentally ill. She felt an immense guilt for her husband's death, for she believed that if it wasn't for her, Maximilian would never have become the Emperor of Mexico and would still be alive. Carlotta returned home to Belgium, and there at her residence she flew the Habsburg flag, and there she also awaited for Maximilian to return from Mexico. With her mind gone, she believed that Maximilian would be home just as soon as the trouble was over with, and they would live happily ever after. Such was the fate of Carlotta until the year 1927. Then she died, and indeed was reunited with her beloved Max. What is the significance of this Maximilian affair in Mexico? Why is it studied in American history? The main reason, I think, is that Maximilian's empire was the most serious and insolent challenge ever flung into the teeth of the Monroe Doctrine. This was one of the first acid tests for the Monroe Doctrine, and with the French being extricated from Mexico, the successful conclusions are that the Monroe Doctrine had come of age. Never again would the Monroe Doctrine be so boldly or frontally challenged.